Hey, what up? This is Corey Taylor, and you're listening to the All Things Music Podcast. to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is going on? Welcome to the All Things Music podcast. Been a little bit, but we are back, and we are back with a bang, because we have a interview slash discussion, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. As you guys know, all of our avid listeners, we did interview Alicia Taylor last September, I want to say, and that was an awesome conversation. And now we've got the power couple, if you want to call it, you guys. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that too it. taboo? Lean, no, I love it. Okay. I love it. Like, man, we're going to make everybody mad. That's right. Screw them. That's right. That's right. So we've got Alicia Taylor and Corey Taylor in the house. Uh, we... We drove a little bit to get here, but we're in Joan, Johnstown, not Jonestown, yikes. Johnstown. Ooh, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're, <laughs> we're in Johnstown, PA. I'm already fumbling the bag here. Uh, and uh, they are on a dual tour, which I want to ask you first of all, because I'm not, I've been with the same woman for 17 years, and I'm right. not in a relationship or a marriage that were of the same. Uh, profession or industry. So how cool is it that you guys get to share your passions with each other and especially like those little teasers you put on Instagram at your house with her doing the the fire and you're just chilling on the couch. That's like that's like Super Bowl commercial kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean it's it's one of the things that I mean honestly that we love doing together. Uh, it's it's rad. It it helps us in a weird way. It's almost like a paid vacation for us. Yeah. Because you know when we go home, like it's it's adulting all the time. You know? So when we come out here, yeah, it's you know it's the show and there's a lot of work that goes into it. But we also love the fact that we get to do stuff like this together you know like it's it's bonding. She and I like we can talk about stuff and we immediately know and understand what we're talking about you know and it's just one of those things where it's like i love watching her be able to do what she does you know and and she tolerates what i do so it's fine <laughs> right yeah and yeah. on top of that too do you, you, you want to hold this for me yeah you, you know tell me a little bit about your interests <laughs> you know, you um know. yeah and too you know we also have all of our people here like yeah. our camps right yeah. so it's like not only do we get hangs with each other um, doing what we love with the people we love, but also with our homies and our friends. So it really is. I, I feel spoiled whenever we we tour together. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's everyone gets along. All of our camp, both of our camps, yeah, gel really well. We've been doing this now long enough that we all we all get to hang out. We all love seeing each other. We do stuff when we're not on the road. We do dinners together. You know, which is right. really cool. You know, so hmm. our camps have gotten really close. That's awesome. And and I think. When you're not touring, when you're at home together, which I don't know how often that is, being that you both are very successful at what you do, so schedules are tough. But um, if you're writing music, for example, Corey, and, and you just need an, an extra ear. I mean, I, I do this with my wife, with my music, but like I said, she, yeah, this sounds good. It's kind of, it's a little bit yeah. different than, than, you know, two musicians together. So that's probably pretty positive as well, right? Uh, well, yeah, for the most part, you know, she's <laughs> she's a little more aggro okay. now. Uh, so she, she, the only stuff that when I play her stuff, she goes, I like that one because it's heavy. 
And I just go, oh, Christ. <laughs> but what about the melody? She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's But this one's really heavy. I like it. And I'm just like, I'm, oh, You know what? Yeah. It's, it's hilarious because when Slipknot came out their last album, I have like a little reaction channel, nothing major. But I was, I hit up Alicia and I was like, okay, what's the song I need to listen to? And, of course, and she sent me the heaviest one. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm like, okay, I mean, that's worse. I, I listen, I'm yeah. kind of on team heavy too, to be honest. Yeah. But um and then it got blocked by Roadrunner. Well, of, of course it did, because yeah. Roadrunner hates all things nice and awesome. I was gonna that's get why to that. I'm not but let's, with them anymore. Let's get ahead. to that's that right. now, actually. Okay. So first yeah. of all, I want to congratulate you because you just signed with BMG, correct? Yeah, yeah. So super sick. Yeah. You seem really excited about that, at least from what I've yeah, read. So yeah. that's cool. Um is it weird? Being in a position, at least with Slipknot and your social or your your solo project, um, kind of being on the free market for the first time as a career musician. As far as okay, now, now what? Right, do we stay independent? Right. Do we see what offers are out there? It's probably a pretty refreshing feeling. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly it's it's all of that, man. Mm-hmm. But there's also this moment, like, and even after all these years, for me. There's this moment where you, it's kind of daunting as well. You're like, fuck, you know, this feels like not starting over again, but you know, now you, you have to create bonds with like a whole new group of people, you know? Uh, but the rad thing about BMG is just how into everything I am and everything I do, they are, you know, which is refreshing because for probably for about 10 years roadrunner has not been that roadrunner has roadrunner was completely antithetical when it came to that stuff they mm. they they just had become this company that we didn't even recognize anymore oh. so when our you know when our contract came up we were like 1-800 see ya yeah I'm done with you you know because it was just it had turned into a bunch of people we didn't know they did this massive cull back in like, I want to say it was 2012. It was the great firing. And they fired everyone we knew. Everyone we had started Even at the top with. of the leadership. Yeah. Wow. Jonas, the the president, gone. Like, I mean, but by this time, Case, the old, the old owner, was gone. So Roadrunner went from this juggernaut of a metal company yeah. to a hallway at Warner Brothers. I saw it with my own eyes. Wow. I was just like, wow, where where did this go? You know, it just became this thing that they owned the catalog. Yeah. And that was it. They didn't care, you know. And the people who were left didn't really care about us, you know. And it, so it really became this thing where we had to kind of rise to the challenge on that. And all kudos to our management company, 5B, because they really created all of these different departments around us to help us keep going yeah. you know, if it wasn't for 5b man we would have floundered like it, we would have been stalled let's sure put it that way that's crazy so we were able to continue going um really kind of almost in a weird corporate diy way you know so when the time came to do my solo thing roadrunner almost half-heartedly put the out the first album out didn't push it, it it's it's insane that we even did what we could with that even with the pandemic going on because they didn't care yeah and uh so when the time came to do you know to to kind of re-up 
with uh, with with Roadrunner, they were like, "If you want to go somewhere else, we won't stop you." And I was like, "That's all I needed to hear, dude." I was like, "Thanks for thanks for that." It's shocking of them to say that too, because not really. No, not when you okay. think about the fact that they don't care. Sure, they didn't care about us. You know, like I said, it was a totally different group of people. Wow, totally different. You know, they they had nothing to do with getting us there. Mm-hmm. They had nothing to do with keeping us there. So they didn't really want us to stay there. So I was like, all right, whatever, you know? So then BMG comes in hot, dude. And they were like, it, that, it felt like the old days of Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. Their excitement, their passion, the fact that they're a global company. And they were like, we're going to make this album not only a priority, but we are going to get behind this 100%. And I was like, That's you so had cool. me at hello. You know, let's do this. That's so, why I say refreshing. I mean, you dude, haven't helped, had that feeling in years. So exactly. to have that again probably gets the creative juices going again, too, because oh, you don't dude, have to worry about all the noise. so in the back. stoked. You know, because Slipknot's, Slipknot's going to be fine. Right. You know, Slipknot's its own, it's its own industry at this point. You know, if it wants to drop stuff independently, it can. Mm. But with me, you know, even though I love a challenge, it's you know it's it's still building towards something it's sure. building towards a level that i wanted to get to yeah. you know and with me there's no other level than the top so right. I, if i can use all the help i can get i'm going to take it and i'm going to run with it as far as i can you know and and your your solo work i Listen to uh, Clown had a podcast about a couple of years ago yeah, and he the was electric in, theater or yes that's like what that. it was yeah. and uh i was listening to the when he interviewed you and uh, something that struck me really interesting that I didn't think about it just as a as a fan consumer was you said you wanted to do something that was fun that was a party atmosphere that wasn't right. necessarily somber and dark and heavy because your whole life that's what you've created right and it was like sowing your creative oats if you will and right um, seeing that and hearing what you've come out with and then Alicia, you being involved in the videos and in 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 the creative process, I'm sure it, it's just uh, it's it's cool when you have somebody who you 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 think you know as right. a consumer as a fan, you think you, this is this is Corey Taylor, and then they do something completely different. Oh, like that's really neat, and I'm sure that's a, a nice thing for you to experience as well from your fans. Oh yeah, be like yeah. they're 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 pleasantly surprised or shocked or whatever that you've come out with something so unique and different. Right. I mean. It, I mean, I've said it for years, you know, if you're not challenging the listener, even if it's in a weird way, if you're not challenging the listener, then what are you doing other than just kind of, you know, regurgitating the same stuff over and over and over again, you know? CMFT, the album, was really because I had all of these songs that I wanted to release, that I had written over the years, and they felt a certain way. I was like, okay, let's do this kind of get it out there, you know, because I wanted, I wanted to kind of set the record straight and be like, look, just when you think you know what I'm about, you don't, because I'm going to hit you with this left, and you're going to be kind of thrown for a loop. So that doesn't mean I can't do any of that other, you know, the darker stuff, but at the same time, it's like I want people to be excited because they don't know what they're going to get. And that, to mm-hmm. me, that anticipation, that's what's so important about this. Well, in that first album, you had a couple hip-hop features. Yeah. Um, which was pretty incredible, to be honest with you. Being, you know, Coming from Slipknot, we never thought Corey Taylor oh, was going to have a couple hip-hop features. Right, right, right. Is there going to be anything like that on this new album? Can you speak on that? This album is actually kind of weird because it's, it's me more leaning into the modern side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I said, like CMFT was where I came from. CMF2 is actually where I'm going. So there's a harder edge to it. Right. There's a darker edge to it. But it's got all of these elements from everything that I've kind of done. So there's there's hints of Stone Sour. There's hints of Slipknot. Yeah. There's hints of you know, the acoustic stuff that I've done. Right. Um, there's hints of stuff that I did on CMFT. But it's just so much grander. Like, it's bigger. You know, it's, it's heavier. It's darker. Um, but at the same time... Like there's certain songs that could have been on the first, you know, CMFT album. It just mm-hmm. it just feels like a, a more well-rounded album, and it's fucking badass, dude. Like I'm really really stoked for people to hear it. Yeah, and I think Ryan and I are both excited to hear it as well, and right. I'm sure the rest of the world. Right. Um, I had a question about studio stuff. Do you what mics and stuff do you use in the studio? Um, because uh, I had seen some pictures. Yeah, I'm a gearhead, and for those who listen, obviously know that. Um, but I had seen some pictures, and it was darker, and it looked like a Newman U87 in some of those pictures. But yeah. I wasn't exactly sure if that what that was. And I had looked on the internet, and it says, "Oh, you, he uses a Shure SM58." Well, obviously, well that's that's for, for that's live. live. Yeah, that's <laughs> not yeah. But um, um, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's either annoyment or it's uh, I, I know we bounced back and forth between annoyment and a telefunken. So I I knew there was a couple of that we used, uh, but it all kind of came down to what Rustin wanted to try when it came to like the different vibes on the album. Um, so yeah, I I know we used the U eighty seven. I don't think we used a U fifty seven, which is the telefunken. But I know there was a there was a couple different mics that we used to kind of go back and forth on. So before I get back into music, it's on the top of my head because I want to ask both of you. I already asked Elisa this in the first interview, but I was just listening on the way up here. This uh, I don't remember his name, but he was talking about aliens, and he was talking about oh, Nevada. No, that's that was the comedian. This was before that. Oh. Yeah, anyways. Um, he's talking about aliens and stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, you said, Alicia, that you've seen a little bit of stuff, but nothing crazy, right? Right. Corey, do you have a similar experience? Because you guys live pretty close to... Some of the, you know. Oh, there's some hot spots. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't know if you guys knew this, but they have alien beef jerky out there. Whatever what? the hell that shit is. What? You know? It's weird, yeah. Who makes that? Um, I don't know. It's some weird back to, I think it's in Baker. Like Baker, you just see all these signs. It's like, alien jerky, come get it. And you're like, it sounds delicious. You haven't seen anything though, huh? Um, all of the stuff that I saw like that was like years ago. Like I haven't really seen anything in Nevada since I've lived there, which really? is weird. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Cause right. I mean, I've lived there for 15 years now and I'm just like, you'd think I'd see something, yeah. but yeah, I haven't seen anything huh. like lately. I mean, there's, you know, I, we could get into chemtrails and all that weirdness, oh but, uh, <laughs> but I won't because I don't believe in that <laughs> yeah, shit. Right. But, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I haven't seen. I've missed all that stuff. So. I was listening. I was actually watching. Uh, Sid had an interview on Jamie Josta's podcast. Of course, and he, did. he was talking about his alien experiences. Right. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That, oh, trust me. You, you buy it? Tell me. I've heard of it. What? Of course, I do. Okay. I mean, it's it's Sid. You know. Yeah. Like, I believe that he saw it. I did it happen. I mean, that's a different question. <laughs> um, Sid's. <laughs> Sid's just very, I mean, that dude, he exists on a different plane than okay. anybody I've ever met, you know? So he, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it. listen, I'm not saying it didn't happen, 
because I, I know damn well it probably did, you know, but at the same time, his energy is so different. Like, so he's much. just on a super different wavelength. I always wonder that because, like I said before, as a consumer, we only get to see a certain side of people. Right. And Sid comes off as very uh, off the wall. Oh, yeah. That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, yeah you know. But I didn't, you never know if that translates to real life or if that's just right, a right, act. Right. It sounds like it's... No, no, man. <laughs> He's, he, he 100%, you know, experiences it, talks about it openly, which yeah. I think is rad. That's know? cool. Yeah, absolutely. There's a stigma. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's weird that in this day and age that there's such a, diff- a stigma on it, you know? Because, I mean, we've seen... Incredible thing. We just landed some shit on a comet. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that we can't, you know, there's no such thing as fucking aliens? Why don't you get out of my face with that shit? I think they're all here already. Right. And I think we're just, you know, uh, an exhibit. Right. You know? Right. It's like that. I don't know if you've seen that South Park episode where the Earth oh, is a reality. Yeah. <laughs> reality TV. Yeah. Right, yeah. Exactly. So that's what I think. I want to tell you real quick about my my story my slipknot story if you will oh boy my it's it's really cool so at least in my opinion <laughs> so born and raised in akron ohio okay and uh we had a record store called quonset hut and this is in the mid 90s uh, my mom didn't have the greatest taste in music but she loved her music so we would go to the record stores and get she get her melissa etheridge and her sarah okay, mclaughlin okay. and her in her lannis morrison singer songwriter yeah okay, gotcha, but like gotcha. 90s style right you know right. little little angsty singer songwriter if you will <laughs> um so i was at the record store and i saw this album and it said slipknot it said mate feed kill repeat oh yeah and it was a bootleg it right. wasn't the original so it didn't have Joey on the front. It was, it had like a white cover. Didn't have any of the masks or anything like right, that. Right, right. And I think that's what got me to buy it because my mom was very much like, you can't listen to. I was like six years right, old, right? right? You can't listen to angsty, violent music. You have to listen to whatever it is. Right. I mean, I remember showing her Creed when they came out, and she was like, no. I was like, this is Creed. Creed. We ended up going to the concert together, so she warmed oh, up well, on that. Okay, one. there you go. There but you go. Um, I bought this. Bought Meet Feet Kill and Repeat. And I listened to that. Obviously, that wasn't you, but I listened to that, and that was how that all started. Um, in the early 2000s, I was more or less, I mean, I'm only like 11 years old at this point, but I'm really interested in the music business. And right. now I work in it full time, which is great. But back in the day, I was kind of getting my feet wet early. Come across this record label because one of these bands from Cleveland was signed to them, and the record label was Corporate Punishment Records. Gotcha. Owned by your friend Tom Hazard. Right. Who ended up being my music mentor. Oh, okay. So he mentored me throughout all of my teens. Um, and I didn't know the story with you and him until uh, Wikipedia Fact or Fiction, right, which right, I remember. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, was, it was really cool. I mean, I, I remember going to see Rollerball right. just because you guys were in the right. movie. And the movie, let's be real, not the Oh, it's not movie. great. No. It's, you know, I, and. Uh, me and all of my friends, we went to see it in the theater. Yeah. And as soon as our bit was done, we left. We split. We were just like, ah, I don't want to see the rest of this yeah, crap. Yeah. And I, I never saw the rest of the movie until it came out on DVD. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So, and I even, I even uh, back when AIM it was, was a thing, it's the messenger, I somehow, some way, found a guy by the name of Paul Wilson. Okay. Who worked at... Ye old guitar shop right. in Des Moines. Oh, I know Paul. And I talked to him for years, right. just 
because I was starting guitar and I was like, I was like, hey, what does what does Mick do? Because I know Mick and him would work together a right, lot. Right, so right. just little things like that were really cool, and it it was it was it's kind of unique experience for me to, um, more or less just have this drive to be interested in, in what you've done, what Slipknot has done, right. and then to sit here today, it's like very much a full circle thing. Right, so it's, right, it's right. really cool. I just wanted to mention that because it's interesting. Right on. Um, so you're going to be at Incarceration this yeah. year. We yeah. have the, uh, I guess, the privilege of knowing the owner, and we get to go every year. And uh, this will be, I mean, my, maybe my fifth time seeing Slipknot. Um, anything new we can expect uh, from the live show, anything? I mean, new? I'm working on it. Yeah. Like, trust me, like trying to get a new set out of these guys is like pulling teeth out of an alligator, for Christ's sake. So I have to kind of push them towards change. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but I'm working. I've, I've got a, a whole new set put together that um, we're going to rehearse like right before the the, the European run. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the plan you know like it's trust me i'm i'm as over this new set as everybody else is um yeah, yeah. Uh, well i wouldn't say i'm over it's always fun to see it's but, well it's you know. fun to see but you know we've been playing it for a year and a half man it's like i'm i'm it's for those that don't know this is audio only alicia's facial expressions during <laughs> this interview so far have been amazing yeah you think you've seen a lot <laughs> she has seen it way more than actually should be seen so it's it's just it's tough man because yeah. we all live on like different corners of the yeah. country it's hard for us to kind of get together and, and rehearse sometimes you know and then everybody has real life issues going on so it's hard to get everybody to come in early you know which yeah. is usually when we rehearse and whatnot so we've actually we've we've plotted time to be able to kind of run through this this new set and kind of figure it out and you know add some stuff really r- really shake up the set in my opinion I, I think it's good I think people are really going to dig it so you know fingers crossed I I get to you know push that in so we'll see what happens Do you guys do like virtual meetings and stuff through well, I mean. Like for my project, because we live in different places too. But right, we right, use like right. Discord, for example. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but you can like video chat and stuff like that. Do you guys do stuff like that? Because yeah. I know a lot of bands <laughs> We're, do. Uh, we, if if the, I mean the the most high tech we get is we text each other. That's oh, man. really it. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Um, but wow. you know, but and it's also you know a lot of the guys in the band are pretty reclusive. So they, you know, once they go home, it's almost impossible to get them like, like, you know, so, so you guys don't have Snapchat or anything. No. Snapchat. Have you ever talked to the Snapchat AI? No. Yet? Oh man, I, you should. I refuse oh, to dude, fuck is... with any of that AI shit. So I I'm in, si- I'm like in cybersec. And, and, uh, so I get to hear all types of crazy shit like every I'm day. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, probably things that most people should know about but the snapchat ai is pretty nuts i had my girlfriend talking to it and like it was it asked about our dog which we'd never mentioned we had a dog so i think that it pulled the photos out of like her phone and knew that and then it was like oh well can i see a picture of your dog once they start talking about it and we were like sure i'll send you one and it was like oh your dog is beautiful before we even sent the photo this is my own research I've done. This this is just last week. So it's literally actively searching through your library and whatever you've posted to Snapchat. Which 
and analyzing it. Nope. So it already knew what the dog looked like before it even asked. Nope. Nope. Isn't that insane? Yeah, <laughs> like, so tell me about your Japan trip. You were was Australia and then Japan, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Looked Jakarta, amazing. Australia, Japan. Yeah. Yeah. We ate everything. Oh my god. Yeah. We um, we had one of the most gluttonous days in our entire relationship together. Food comas. And it's her fault. Okay, it's this one's fault because I was like, why are we going to ramen? Right before, like three to four hours before we go to this, a massive dinner, right? And we did, and immediately regretted it. Yeah, you want to tell tell them the the cuisine? Please do. Yeah, everything. Which part? I mean, all of it. I mean, all start of it. with the fluffy pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have these things in called fluffy pancakes, and I guess they're just pancakes with a lot of egg whites in them that make them fluffy. Okay. So when they set them down on the table, they jiggle. Wow. And. Our love language is food. I, like, I don't blame you. I do not blame you. And that's what he and I have always bonded over. And, um, well, yeah, one, two tree things. But um, <laughs> food is a big one. So, um, you know, and we went to Fluffy Pancake Place. We were just trying to hit all the spots sure. in Japan. So you have to get Fluffy Pancakes. You have to get ramen in Japan because it's not anything like here in the States. Right. If you like ramen here, you would absolutely go bananas it over it. It's yeah. So awesome. Which is weird because it's, you'd think it's yeah. just noodles. Yeah. How, what, how uh, much can you like do? How, can, how much right. more special can it be? No, it, it tastes entirely Magic. different. Um, yes. And I don't miss meals. I don't miss meals. I don't. I, if I miss meals, I get angry and migraines and it's not yeah. good. Yeah, I get it. And uh, so we were going to this dinner and, you know, there's like this window where you're like, I'm hungry. I can't wait a little bit longer to eat. I hate that window. Because it ruins my window, day. Right? Yes. You're like, I got to eat something. <laughs> but if I eat too much, then it's going to ruin it. And if I don't eat enough, it's fucked. I don't know. And so anyway, we ate. And we did all those things. We did all those <laughs> things. What did it say in like the... one day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't they say and in like, like the Hobbit or something? Like, do you want Fifth Supper? It's yeah. exactly that. Well, it was that. Yeah. We went to this restaurant. Are you talking about the talking Wagyu Mafia? Wagyu that was that Mafia. day. Yeah. Wagyu Mafia. Wagyu Mafia, and they're this touring. The beef, the they're steak. they're touring chef, like Dude, they're touring chefs. They, sure. They do a worldwide tour. It was and tell them to come on your tour. Yeah. No <laughs> and they're coming to Vegas. They're coming to Vegas. Oh, wow. so we'll we'll go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I haven't eaten red meat in I don't even know how long right. years I think and um, that that was tough. It was brutal. It was it was kind of hard. Wait, so you're you're typically uh, vegan or I'm typically pescatarian. Oh, okay. So I eat like seafood, but that's kind of what my girlfriend is. She's yeah. the same, and she's been got me on that and like some of the tofu stuff. And you can make it's pretty amazing. It's phenomenal. It's, yeah. it's, it's but you have so to know how to cook it. Right. Yes. You have to know how to like, bake and it. And on the griddle, you, like a yep. blackstone? Yep. Man. We make it like crispy yes. on the outside. You already yeah. know what's yeah. up. Yeah, totally. We do that. We got that yeah. down to a science. But, um, yeah, so we've been eating like that for a really long time. and So you had red meat? Did and I didn't want to be disrespectful. How how how? You know, a whole thing. A how thing what there. did you like throw it up late? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I, so they lay the tongue out in front of you. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
the, a, a beef. Don't that's, knock it till you try it. It's delicious. Well, two weekends ago, we had an Easter lamb, and we were pulling the teeth, and it had the eyeballs and everything. And, and I'm not going to oh lie to you. This God. is at my girlfriend's um, uncle's house. And it's on the spit going around. And I'm, so a I can re- A lamb. So I can relate because we literally cut the tongue out. It had its teeth. We were pulling teeth out with pliers while it's roasting, and the eyeballs were just left in there. It was pretty, pretty brutal, even for me. You got it back. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, mean, I just felt a, like I had to throw that in I there. Mean, that's got to be like a cultural thing, right? Like that's a, they're they're uh, Greek. Okay, I was gonna okay, say it yeah, sounds yeah, Greek. Okay, yeah. So the it, baklava, yeah. all that right. type right. shit. You know? And you know, we keep an open mind when we travel. You know, different cultures yeah. have different things. Oh, and they season the and, hell out of everything too. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. which is. Pretty, oh um, man, I don't think I've ever seen a lamb on a for, before. Yeah, it's different for me because my family's not like that. Um, but yeah, they lay yeah. the tongue out in front of you. Lay the tongue out in front of you, and then they slice it, uh-huh. and then they grill it and season so it. So they, you eat? Did you eat the tongue? We did. Yeah, we did eat the tongue. How was that? It tastes like a tongue. Was it like, like rubbery? I've yeah, <laughs> kind of chewy. It That's depends on how nasty. thin they slice it. There was a thicker slice of it, and. This is going to be gross, but when they put it on the grill, it, like, curls up. You know how, like, you would imagine yeah. a tongue, like, the tissue of a tongue to act when it heats up? Yeah. It starts to curl, and it was hard for me. I was, uh, you know, I drink, so um, mm-hmm. I swig down a big gulp of How do you even kill sake. that with alcohol, though? <laughs> because that's, like, there's some things that you... I didn't chew it so much. I just put it in there and swallowed it, you know? Yeah, because can you even chew it? I don't know. You can. You ever eat too many hot dogs and you, f- you could feel like it's rubbery in your... Right. Yes. That's the, that's the feeling I'm getting from this conversation. These were much smaller sizes, so yeah, yeah it wasn't too bad, but um, I was just... I was just trying to be a good team player. You is know that, what I mean? I was just trying to... Where does that rank on the craziest things you've, you've eaten before? Oh, uh... Probably the worst thing or craziest thing I've eaten is a thylamus gland. A what? It's a, th- a thylamus gland. It was this rush back when I was eating meat um, uh-huh. or more cons- more meat. Sure. Um, in Chicago, there's a restaurant that serves a, th- a thylamus gland, and I guess it's a gland that regulates. I don't know. I have to Google it. I can't remember. What it, I don't want to. So it's like it's like speak. a little ball. Like, it, what it, it was like a gooey. <laughs> thing but it was also on toast and stuff is so, there a I purpose mean, to eating it like you know sometimes they eat weird it was a restaurant that for... had its whole menu was just shock oh you know it was one of those places ah. so it was in chicago i can't remember the name of it something in fig that just sounds gross i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah i mean no it was i mean it was seasoned heavily. i mean yeah but how the hell do you season something enough like that for it to matter i think you just you can't I mean, it's like you gotta drown it in frank's red hot kind of like <laughs> Bone marrow, how sometimes bone marrow can be a little... I mean, bone marrow's dope. Yeah, I'm, I, I totally do. But it can yeah. be a little... Gooey. Gooey-ish, right? Sure. Yeah, it is. It it's is. So to change the topic, but while you have the mic in your hand, Alicia, I know you do fans. Thank you for saying my name right, by the way. Yes. Everyone gets it wrong. No, I'm... I think uh, I like it better than the traditional Alicia. Alicia. Or however. Alicia. You know. Yeah, it's Alicia. more bad. Alicia sounds, sounds fancier. fancier. Less, less backwoodsy. Like bougie. <laughs> yes, bougie. Yeah, I Perfect. just spell it out, and people still get it wrong. Yeah. Okay. So I know you do the fans. Yeah. Do you do a little hoop, right? No. Or no? Are you trying to take on more props? Because 
We've taught, you know I do fire. Right. And my girlfriend does fire. And we were actually in a weird little traveling slash cult slash fire performance troupe ourselves. <laughs> where we did like little festivals in the middle of the woods and, mm-hmm. you know, like crazy yeah. things. Like mini Burning Man thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And But we're more like EDM, electronic music. Oh, gotcha. But, you, okay. you know, so one of those types of things yes <laughs> and those get pretty wacky <laughs> but i was just curious if you're taking on more props and uh if Corey, if you've ever tried to spin fire because my girlfriend got me into it and i gotta admit it's kind of badass Dude, in a no, way i got I have, in a point coordination of a ken doll i'm not good not good i can hold the mic you're just there the to guard. hold the mic i am there to look as pretty as possible <laughs> that is it she's the skilled one well hey you do a good she's job got of all it. of it she's hot she's skilled i'm just like i'm married to a superhero so it's fine you know um no i'm not trying to do that <laughs> well he well he gave me a lecture uh, recently because i just purchased a fire skirt oh really yeah where'd um, you get it from Etsy. On oh, Etsy. okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about getting some of those leather of sleeves. Think, you know, when I think fire safety, I think Etsy. Yeah. That's ex- I'm not going to lie. There's like nobody makes this stuff, and you right. know, and I know. Yeah. Yes. So the thing is, is, like, a lot of these circus arts is a lot of DIY still. You yes. know, it's a lot of underground stuff. It's not mainstream. There's no like at all. Ma- major manufacturer. Even Flow on Fire, which is probably the biggest one, is still. Even though. Yeah, yeah right. It's yeah. not. There's no crazy serial numbers on anything. There's right. no, it, yeah, it's not, All it's not like that. A criminal offense that you have to trace and, and believe it or not, we get, I get, <laughs> I get asked for that all the time um, from fire inspectors. But yeah, I purchased a fire skirt, um, mm. and a lot of the really cool fire props come out of Europe. I think. Yeah, the uh, the neopoi, Even the neopoi out of Russia or Ukraine or wherever the hell they're from. Yes. Um, you have to literally like. Um, translate your dollars to the ruble or whatever to buy stuff from them, but they have the coolest stuff. Yeah, we actually just purchased. Uh, we have two sets of Pixel Poi. No, oh my um, God. Ignis. If you have them Poi. before I leave, and if I can play with them, you should. I, let d- me. I didn't bring them on the road. <laughs> I um, they're 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 very expensive for anybody wondering. Yes, um, they're insane. Like eight hundred dollars. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even more. Higher. I yeah. think that's for the small Definitely ones. Definitely more. Um, and then we have a, and then I just purchased a staff connector to turn them into staff because you can convert oh all of the points. I've been staff, wanting one really of those. Cool. And then we also have the Pixel fans. Nice. And then we just purchased for the new show that I'm writing um, the Pixel Levy Wand. So you like the Pixel stuff? It's a great alternative. And whenever we run into situations where we can't do fire, right. and mm-hmm. it's a nice. Right. Just backup plan, which we've ran into that. There, we've done because we do a little bit of stuff at venues. We have insurance and all that too. Totally. And, and uh, there's some venues like we talked about last that you can't do the fire in. And I remember when we were leaving House of Blues in Cleveland, you had run into that uh, mm-hmm. with them starting to be like, "Oh, you can't hang things here. Do this here, like last minute." And we've run into a lot of similar things with our performances that we do, where we're just forced to. Well, I guess we're gonna go LED. Yeah, it's just you got to have a backup plan. Um, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And the tides can turn that day, as you saw. Are you guys going to be at incarceration with them? Uh, we won't, you know? no. no. That'd be we'll cool, have a Slipknot, Cherry Bombs thing all on one stage. Yeah, at a festival especially. I think that might be something to change up the set, too, honestly. <laughs> I mean, 
I, that'd be a lot of people on that stage. That would be. That they? would like, be, be like, like twenty. It people. would look like Trans Siberian Orchestra up yeah, there. It would just be a lot of people. Okay, but how about this? <laughs> what about like a one-off for Knotfest for something I mean, like we, that? We we've done Knotfest in the past. Right. But together. Uh, I mean, like, at the same time. Or is that just, is this too much of a headache? Nah. Let's just say there are voices that have vetoed that. I see. Yeah. Enough said. And that's all we'll say. Enough no, said. Yeah. That's Understood. That. And, and too, I, I mean, Slipknot doesn't really allow anybody on their yeah. stage. Yeah, that's totally fair. Ever. Us, yeah. yeah. So. I think Griff. Fire would be so badass, though. Oh, To go with me. the visuals that you already have. I think it'd be fucking right. Is it easy on a small run like this where you, what, five or six dates? Is it easier logistically to have all your bases covered so when you show up there's no surprises? It really depends on the tour manager you have. Okay. Uh, If you have a good tour manager like we have on this run, there are no surprises usually. Um, You know, it's their job to advance and make sure that all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted before you get there, uh, you know, more than a month, usually, before you even get there. And then a good tour manager will follow up a few days prior to the gig and just reconfirm everything. So, again, there are no surprises on either end. Beautiful. Um, but we've had been in situations where we didn't have great tour managers. Uh, so Stressful. Or bus drivers. Or, or bus drivers. drivers as or, we know. you know, but, you know, that, that, that happens when <laughs> yeah. you're building your team. Things yeah. fall through the cracks and... That's how you. That's how you move on, and you get better people. I want to ask you both something that I I I've planned to ask you, but I just just came up. Seeing Vended live. Vended. Vended. Is it Vended? Vended. Jesus Christ! I fucked I that just, up. It's okay. I, Second I just, fumbled bag. You're of the not. Interview. No, no, no. You're not the only <laughs> one. Like, and it's and it's easy to do because it's spelled Vended. Yeah. But they pronounce it Vended. Vended. Like, Leave it so to my everyone son listening, to Vended. Come up with a, a, a basic name, but so weird. That you have to pronounce it exactly. You mean it's not like, slip cannot? I was like, Griff, well, it's slip canoe. <laughs> you know, straight out of Norway. <laughs> I, I saw a video of you watching your son perform. Yeah, yeah. And obviously you're very close with it. It's got to be such a phenomenal feeling. I, I would I would liken it to maybe a coach watching a son play the sport that his coach oh, used yeah, to. You know, yeah, something yeah. like that. Tell me about it. I, I, I want to know how that feels as a parent. I've I've tried to instill as many of, I mean she's only three so I can know as much, but right, as many right. values and interests as I can in hopes that someday she takes up on. But if she doesn't, that's totally fine. Right. Um, but it's really nice that that he was able to and and, and make something really cool. Well, dude, it. I mean, it's still surprising to me that he chose this path because mm-hmm. he didn't want anything to do with music for the longest time. I mean, he was growing up. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I tried to sit him down and teach him guitar and and this and that but when he really just didn't have any interest i was like okay i'm not going to push this absolutely i mean the best way to get somebody to to not do something you want them to do is to try to push them to do it you know and with all my kids i just kind of let them free range it to find their interests you know and once they find it it locks in hard you know so with griff once I'd say he was probably about twelve or thirteen when he really started to get the itch, mm-hmm. and it had it wasn't even heavy music. It was mm-hmm. he was really a gifted dancer. And oh wow! Crazy. He would watch these uh, YouTube videos and pick the moves up, and he could do all of it. And I was like, "This is crazy." He was just he was just so gifted physically, and could pick it up, and he studied it like crazy. But then he started 
getting like putting stuff together with people at his school and you know starting bands and whatnot and really kind of started getting into that he would do solo things at the talent shows at his middle school and would get up and sing and i i remember i was actually able to be there for one of them and i was just like grinning the whole time you know awesome and then as time went on you know he just started putting the band together and so watching him do it is a i'm just as surprised as everybody else is Mm. but at the same time he's like he's so good He's just such a natural at being a front man and just getting out there and doing it. And it's just, I beam on it, man. You know, it's just, it's, it's rad being able to watch him do it. And, you know, knowing like, you know, that he's basically kind of fallen in our footsteps, man, as a performer and as a creator and as somebody who's just starting his life, you know? That's awesome. I feel like when you're that age in high school, you can be influenced by other people around you. And for like me personally, when I was in high school, this is my Slipknot story, is uh, I was coming home and my buddy was driving me to his house or something. We were going to get some music equipment. And right. I was never didn't know anything about music shit then. Right, right. Turned out that he had a Joey Jordanson snare laying around. Oh. Well, that was my first ever drum. Then I started playing drums and metal band. And when we were driving home, he had on Pulse of the Maggots. And I was like, oh, damn, nice. this shit's crazy. Like, I never heard anything like this. You know, my dad was in a Trivium and Chimera right, and all right, that. Right, right. But I had never heard anything like that siren in Pulse of the Maggots. Right. And I was like, man, this shit's crazy. So then he gifted me that Joey Jordanson Sayre. And then that was like the centerpiece of my drum set for a long time. Oh, wow. And that's how I actually got strangely into music. And now turn around for full circle. We're having the interview with you. And then this weekend is my kid's eighth birthday. And I'm going to gift him his first ever sampler. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> he's been asking me. He's like, oh, I want to get a music Very and everything. Because cool. we have a full-blown studio at the right, house. Right, 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 right. And uh, I got him playing on the turntables and everything. And I showed him a couple chords on the guitar. But now I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you your first sampler. Right. And uh, studio monitors and stuff. So... You know, it's weird. They And I have never pushed them. Same right. story. And in fact, it's weird because with kids, when you try to push them more, the less they'll want to do shit. Right, right. And for a while, I was pushing them, and he didn't want to do it. And as soon as I laid back, he'll just walk and say, hey, can I play at the turntables? Exactly, or exactly. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Turn them on, fire them up, hey, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> so, right. And now, you know, we're making tracks and stuff together in Ableton, and it's... uh. It's weird things sometimes when you least expect it, and uh, you know especially when you get to that thirteen, fourteen, that yeah, high, man. that it's, high school age, you're very tough. easily influenced by the others around you. And right. That right. sounds like in Griff's case. Yeah. No. Griff, to be that way. Griff was just. I mean, I don't even know if he knew that he wanted to start a band. He just knew that he wanted to perform. Right. And then you know he started. You know. The, the guys that he was hanging out with at school. Actually, Cole, who is his guitar player, is the same dude that they started out with oh, wow. at, in, in middle school. And they basically just joined forces with these guys at this other school. And then that's the band you see today. So they've been doing it now since they were all, like, young, young. Yeah. You know? It's really cool. So, so Clown's son isn't isn't Ven dead yes. too? I said it yeah. right this time. Yes. And uh, was I don't know how much you know. Was his situation similar where he was not interested at first, and then I'm not really sure okay. to be honest. Um, I know that Clown would leave the set 
set up. So if you wanted to play, he could, okay. you know. But I can also remember a time, I want to say it was 2015, we were playing Des Moines. Mm -hmm. So both the boys were at the show, and they were backstage, and they were, uh, they had all these, like, little, like, teenage girls around him. And Simon jumped on the set, and Griff jumped on the mic, and they just started playing duality out of nowhere. Whoa. And Griff, and I was watching Griff, and he was like watching to make sure the kids were watching. <laughs> I was just like, oh Christ, this is here it is. This oh, is boy. what's this is our life now. But so, then you can teach him all the lessons that you've you learned oh, along yeah, the well, path, and hopefully, he honestly, listens. I mean, he. It's weird. He like <laughs> it's he doesn't. He only wants to learn from me when he comes to me. It's uh, such a total boy move, you yes. know. So I'll try and give him advice, and he just goes, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but and Griff's gonna kill me for saying yeah, this. Go but, for um, it. <laughs> and maybe it's true for a lot of us when we were teenagers too. You know, we are at a certain point in our lives. You never want to really admit that you idolize or look up to your parents. Right. You know, to them. Yes. You never want to let them know. No. Really. That's not cool. But. You know, I've heard I've heard Griff repeat some things and do things and say things that I know that you have taught him right. when you're not looking. Right. And I think that's so endearing. I've also overheard him say some things um, to other people that are really awesome about you as a father. Really? Yeah. Um, that well, maybe even subconsciously on a level, you know, because obviously they grew up with you. Right. And subconsciously, yeah. you know, like, I, you know, going back to my kid, he says some things that I say and like has some of the same mannerisms that I have that right. at times I catch myself like, wow, they're not, Whoa, it's yeah. weird. It's weird yeah. from a parent <laughs> standpoint, you know? Um, but I mean, you're absolutely right. Especially in like teenage years and the older he gets, cause he's getting there too. Right. And the older that he gets, the more defiant in a way he becomes, he's starting it's, to get that weird, weird age. Like, I don't where even know if it's defiance. It's just, it's, it's stubbornness, you know, really, because it, and it's, you that's can't tell different. them anything. Exactly. And they want to know, they want to figure it out on their own. And it's always right now is the why phase. Right. And when you give them an explanation of why, it's like, okay, well, why is that? Right. And then you go down the endless tunnel and before, and then oh. the next thing you know, you're taking Advil. Right. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Said, this is different. Right. Phase. Yeah. Like you may know what you know, but this is different. Yeah. This is not yeah. the same. Oh, and then you're God. like, I'm not okay. there yet. Oh, okay. get, yeah. You strap in. It's yeah. yeah. You're going to get there soon enough. Oof. I'm not. I, I like I said. I got a three year old, so I guess I'm really screwed with what I've got coming to me. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy this. Uh, it's savor it. Okay. It's, it's rad. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> it is. Trust me. <laughs> um. Just a really curious off the wall question. So. When you started music, because we're talking about people starting music, right. when you, your first, you know, Stone Sour being your first serious endeavor before Real Slipknot, band, yeah, right? Yeah. You listen, and I, I don't know if you have the answer to this, but I, I'm curious. You listen to the Stone Sour demos from, uh, what, 92? 92. 92. Yeah. And then you listen to early Slipknot, and when they wanted to to include you in the band because right. it was you and Anders at one time for a very small portion of time but yes four shows four shows right yeah. what do you think because the the sounds itself objectively are so vastly different right, right. what do you think they heard bless you bless you <laughs> what do you think they heard that that made them go yeah I think Corey would be a good fit because 
objectively, when I listen to both, I'm, I don't know. I can't answer that question. So you have to understand that we all knew each other. Right. You know, so we uh, played shows together in so many different other bands mm-hmm. that we saw, we saw each other in like different lights a lot of times, you know. I can't tell you how many shows that I did with Joey's band, Modifidius. Yes. Um, I did shows with, uh, like, all-age shows with Paul's old band, Vex. Like, all these bands that... So we knew each other, you know? Uh, and, in fact, you know, S- Slipknot's second show, they ended up opening for Stone Sour. Which is wild. Which is yeah, awesome. Which is crazy. It was yeah. the day after the very first Slipknot show, which I was at, you know? I at at the danger of tooting my own horn. Let's put it this way, and I, and I'm just basing this off of what everybody says. I was the best singer in Des Moines. I was also the one that kind of had the the package that they were looking for: mm-hmm. the drive, the creativity, um, the look at the time. You know, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just, you know, we went head-to-head with them at a battle of the bands. And everything that they lacked, we beat them in. And vice versa. Wow, right, yeah. So it was really one of those things where I'm sure they sat back and looked at it. Because I could do heavier stuff. But I just never did it at the time. Sure. with, with, With Stone Sour, you know? So I think they, they kind of looked at that and they were like, you know what? You can learn to scream. You can't learn to really sing. No, singing you know is I mean? that's, a, that's the hardest thing to do. And I, I tell you what, man, learning to scream was the hardest thing for me because it, hmm. it just was, it didn't come naturally at first. It wasn't really until probably the year before we went into the studio that I really developed a scream. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. So that's... That was, and I loved the challenge of it. I loved the push. And the more they pushed me, the more I rose to it, you know? Because that's what we did at, in the beginning. Sure. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, the band became what it was. Because we were all the dudes in our individual bands that wanted to make it. That would do anything to make it. We wanted to make killer music. We, we wanted to destroy the world. It was almost you know? like you took the other bands, and no disrespect to the other members, but you... You cut the fluff. We and you created took... a super group, right. basically. I mean, essentially, that's essentially right. what people in Des Moines called us, because that's what we were. Mm-hmm. We were all of the amazing people from the local bands coming together to really cre- create something. And if you look at history, that's kind of what all of the amazing of the bands, bands yeah. through history have been, with the exception of a handful. You know, so that's you know to our. To our credit, you know what we were willing to do to to achieve something like yeah. this, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's I think they saw they didn't necessarily see the scream in me yet, but they definitely saw everything else. And they knew that could come exactly, with, with hard you know. Work. Right. And it all came down to if if I wanted to, right. you know. And the first time I even tried it, I did it when I was demoing the two songs. And you feel so vulnerable for the first time too. And dude, to their credit. When I did the demos for Me Inside mm-hmm. and for Prosthetics, yep. Joey and Clown were the only ones there. And, you know, most of the band knew that I was being tried out, but some of them didn't. 
which mm. is one of the reasons why Andy left. Mm. It's because he was completely kind of cut out of that mm. decision. Yeah. And I can't fault him for that. Sure. You know, and had I known that, I would have been completely appalled. You know, it wasn't until I found out later, I was just like, And oh, by then, what course. are you going to do? Exactly. Right. So it created this, and me and me and Andy are good. good. You know, we're fine. I was wondering. We that. were yeah. fine that night. Sure. I ran over to him and I said, "Dude, if there's anything that I've done, he's like, he's like, bro, it's, it's not, not you, you at yeah. all. It's not you at all. He's like, don't even think that." And I know there have been fans who've wanted to create that over the years, but fans are going to do that regardless. Sure. Fans create fantasies in their heads. Fan fiction. And then it doesn't matter. What you when you try to break it down with fact, they just completely. The truth is not as the truth is not as exciting. I'm not even going to try and do it. So the truth is not as exciting as the drama. Well, I don't even think it's about excitement. It's when it's what you choose to believe. Sure, this is the age of conspiracy. Oh yeah, and as soon as you get a theory in your head, it's not a theory anymore. It's a fact. Yes, and convince yourself. We were talking about this the other night. It's like there's so many things that the fans think about me mm-hmm. that are so completely fucking incorrect that I don't even know if I'd, even with time, I don't know if I'd be able to correct them. But at that point, it's like, I'm not going to waste my fucking time. No, in it's this not, day where everybody yeah. can talk to everybody, yeah. it, you would be, it's a damn you can't hold. Well, not only that, but you weren't there. Right. You weren't fucking there. You have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You're basing this shit off of other people's shit who also weren't there. So it's just... I'm not, you know, it's like I could kill myself over Oh, for it, sure. But you know? it's so much healthier to just exactly. let it Exactly. I just have to let it go. Yeah. So it's stuff like that that you just have to, at some point, you just have to fucking make peace with the fact that not everybody's going to love you. And, you know, worrying about that or trying to get everybody to fucking love you is a waste of your time. Just worry about the people who actually dig what you dig. Absolutely. Yeah. I w- would you say, Alicia, that sometimes you can be the, the angel on his shoulder when things are, are tough? I mean, my wife's that way with me, and sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other, but yeah, being a creative and being on the same plane... Oh, she definitely lets the dog bite if I have, like, if yeah. it's warranted. She's like, yeah, no, fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really try and let him sort things out in his own sure, way and absolutely. on his own time, and um, you know, process things in, in his own way. And, you know, um, not being on social media probably helps, uh, for sure. You know, um, so I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I've been off it, I've been off it, what, five years now? Yeah. For a long time. So you really enjoy it? I love it. That, so I've been thinking about getting rid of mine for oh, same dude. reasons. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? It just, <sighs> I have someone who runs mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. I fucking, I, I, dude, I'm closer with my friends. Uh-huh. I've, I've strengthened the relationship that I have with people who I actually know. Exactly, yeah. man. And I was completely like, like, really, like, I was bad. Like, I was just like, you know, the kids playing, and I'm just like doom scrolling, and I'm like. It's a double edged sword, I think. I think Corey's in a position where he's established enough. To where he doesn't have to kind of, I call them the kids, the fans are the kids, you know? He doesn't have to give the kids this insight into who he is as a person because he's been around for so long. Mm -hmm. We all know that. We've read his books. We've seen his interviews, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, If you're an up-and-comer like me or any other act, you know, that's, that's smaller, 
you still have to give. It's just a new time. It's a new age. It's a double. You have sword. to give a more humanistic side it, to you today yeah. than you did before. You know, that's a great debate. And unfortunately, there's nothing humanistic about social media. Right. And and that's the problem is you have to have a presence because I'm in the same boat. You know, I have a new project that, you know, we get a decent amount of YouTube plays and stuff. But on social media, you have to perceive yourself a certain way because, you know, we haven't been around since the 80s and 90s. Right. You know, we're not the cure where everybody knows Robert Smith or right. we're not Slipknot where everybody knows Corey Taylor. You know what I mean? Right. So you got to you got to and has a newer you're right, Alicia, is you got to have that presence. It's an, an almost a double-edged thing. And, you yeah. know, I'm sure you're in the same boat as me where it would be nice, you know, to get rid of all that stuff. Right. But how the else it's just the are time. you going to do your promo and stuff? And I notice you still have Instagram. Do you run your own account? No. I don't, know. I don't even have the passwords, man. Like, I really? Take so it. Somebody could be disgruntled and just... Well, no, no, no. I, I have oh, yeah. Who, I have somebody who That you, obviously, right. you... Trust and I, I, I give him direction on yeah. what to put out. Um, and every once in a while, I'll have something funny and weird come into my head. It's like, okay, you got to post this that and you want to start laughing and be like, okay, yeah. So yeah, but it's it's so my so I'm there, but I'm not. Interesting. You know, I've it's I've I it's almost like at this point, it's it's purely to kind of. It's one-sided. It's like I for the give kids. you something. I give you something for you, but I'm not taking anything for me. Yeah, you know, because I don't. Because because I mean, a large part of social media is that it's the gratification, and I don't. I don't need that. And, and it's to please know? people that you don't know. But but and, not and only, that's exactly you know and, but, and being in cybersec, I see so much. Of more that. to the point, it's the problem comes is when you start subsisting on that. You know, the fact that you're putting stuff out there purely to see how people react to it. It's a dopamine rush. It. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and once I realized, I was like, oh, I'm fucking going down a, a dark path here, man. I was like, I got to go. I have to go. You, know, you think I, you'll I be the last her. generation that'll be able to have the, the ability to say, I can go? Because like, I mean, like a good question, said, man. It, it, yeah. there's, there's, there's a game we have to play as, as artists, as you know, whether it's talent buyers, sponsors, labels, etc. People yes. look at that as your resume, as your portfolio. So right. when you're already established and you come from a generation where that wasn't a thing at first, right. it's obviously much easier to, to let it go. But for the next Slipknot or the next new, it doesn't have to be metal, it could be any genre... I, I guess, you know, like maybe BTS and Ed Sheeran and some of these people probably don't run their social media, sure. Right. But 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 talking about maybe somebody in, in the in the Gen Z generation that's eventually gonna be huge, are they gonna have the ability to let that go? Because they've been so conditioned that's the that's life. I think right the now. smart thing for them would be to dip their toes into it. Yeah. But have somebody run it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it has to be it has to come from a purely professional standpoint because it's a very addictive thing well think about it you know i mean you look at sleep token mm -hmm. it's a perfect example nobody yeah. knows who they are and yet their presence is very much out there you know so they're coming into their own in a way that a lot of people would have said wasn't possible right you know so they've they've it's it all comes down to whether or not it's let's call it, it a lot of it's luck yeah you know it all comes down to you providing something for the people that they want you yeah. know and if they get on if they jump on you 
then you're good to go. You know, then you can kind of do whatever you want, man. And it's amazing a band like Sleep Token in 2023 can pull off the anonymity because with well, all the you, technology you we have, you it. have yeah. to work really. Back when you guys started, it was. I mean, you had to work a little hard, but it wasn't. It wasn't right. the same kind of where there's cameras everywhere. There's a camera in everybody's pocket right, right. now. So, well, not only that, but I mean, people were studying our tattoos and mm-hmm. shit. Like, I had a book that yeah. would go over these hints, and it's it was like, just, yeah. it was just crazy, you know. So, in a way, I'm glad we kind of popped that bubble because then it didn't become something weird like that. Yeah. It was such a big deal when I did Stone Sour. Yeah. Without masks, I was like, well, why would I wear one? You know what's really Stone funny Sour. about Stone Sour is is when when you came out with with essentially the first out after uh, right. after Iowa, when I saw the band for the first time, you didn't it didn't strike me as like oh my god that's Corey for some reason I could picture you right it was Jim right where I was like what's that on his face like right. the whole thing right. I was exactly. like whoa that's crazy it was a, it was a different time oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love to talk about that soul patch. Oh, it's yeah. really good. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and um, going back on your point really quick, I just yeah. had a weird epiphany. People <laughs> today seem to be more invested in who the artists they are at their core, who they're supporting, right? So they want to get to know these people, what they're about, what they believe in, what they stand for. I've been seeing this wave, especially on Twitter. I'm sure you have too. Oh, yeah. Um, of people... You know, we can talk about cancel this, cancel that. Right. But even just for things that they just don't like about somebody, they want to know. And, you know, I know I've seen fans want to research artists, quote unquote, thoroughly before they decide if they even want to support, support them. them. Yeah. And, and if this person doesn't like the color blue, you know, they're, they're like not about it. But it's like kind of this new phenomenon, right, amongst fandoms now where people... If someone seems, seems, even just seems snobby, yeah. uh, they don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, if you're blue, you're definitely not going to like someone like Aaron Lewis. <laughs> right. He brings that on himself. Yeah. Let's just say that. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I've seen people just say, I won't support this someone for the Small most thing. ridiculous. Drink Bud Light. You know, and it's not about the music, no, really. We can say it's about the music. It's not about the music yeah. anymore. No, it's not. And to bring this a step further yeah because this is my brain deep fake are you guys worried about because you talk about fans and them making up fantasies well now there's a thing with for example elon musk where he went to court and is claiming over some video that surfaced of him and it's claiming that that video was deep fake which it definitely could be because if you've heard like the drake stuff which i don't know how much hip-hop you listen to that shit sounds and with uh who is it like little baby or Don Tolliver or someone else, yeah, yeah. which is like heavy auto-tune. Right. It's amazing that they've achieved that with AI. And now the deep fake videos and stuff like that, you I don't even know if you've warranted these thoughts. But is this something that you think about or should be thinking about in the future of music and publicity? Well, think about this. A fire is only as big as the oxygen that you give it. If you know in your head and your heart and you can prove that it's all bullshit, you give it about 10 seconds of thought. Mm -hmm. You fucking move on. I'm always reminded of when the the big thing at the time was he was blank, I was blank, right? When that whole phenomenon was going on. And this girl tried to claim that Maynard 
had assaulted her remember when she was like 17 mm. and he goes yeah nice try that never fucking happened and it was, and that was done dead like he made it. one post about it and he was just like i don't know you you can't prove this i anybody who knows me knows that i don't fuck around with any of that shit no one gets access to this bus no one gets access to that yep. bus your fucking story is a lie done and it's the ones that are over defensive that you're like, huh? Exactly. Why? So, so here's the thing. So, so here's the thing. If you know in your heart that it's not true, you just go, oh yeah, that never happened, no. and then you just fucking. That's and it. If anybody asks you, you questions do. about it, it's like, see my statement. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's just it's just that fucking quick. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, um, we're about an hour, so I'm gonna wrap it up here. My last question to you, because I'm just generally curious. Somebody that's seen. A handful of your shows before what songs have you not performed with Slipknot that you would like to and what songs you don't have to list them all just whatever comes to your head do you not want to perform ever I know there's always been de- debuts of debuts of, of new right. songs right, right, right. I've read things that there are certain songs that you won't touch don't know if that's true uh, I think di- never... Diluted might be one of them Diluted? No, we mm-hmm. used to play that back in the day. That. Okay. I used to love playing that song. Okay. That fucking song was rad. Yeah. I'm not okay. Let's let me just say I'm going on record here. I'm Please. not the one who vetoes these things. Okay. I vetoed one song. What was that? For a half a tour. You're gonna laugh. Okay. Wait and bleed. Really? Because I was fucking just sick tired of, of playing it. I don't I was blame like, you. Man, can we do one run <laughs> where I we don't really have to play don't blame it? you? And listen to this shit. We got a 4K review from headloading download specifically because we didn't play wait and bleed <laughs> i was like are you fucking kidding me uh, i'm so mad i purposefully was like i don't want to fucking play this song ever again right well guess what i'm the asshole who, it's in my fucking solo set now so there you go <laughs> I, can't, I can't escape it people love that song man i mean you can't blame them but it, listen you know it's not a bad song no it's just old, man. You it's know, and I 30, yeah. like everybody else who makes music. You know, I I love the fact that we have legacy stuff. But man, I've fucking played that for every cook, every. And if people want to hear old stuff, there's plenty of other tracks that are right. old that you guys don't play that often. But going to a show mm-hmm. that is your unique yeah, experience, yeah. you want that in your fucking life. Um, as far as songs that I would love to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a handful that, that I mean, the band are very, very, very like, just like, fuck that, we'll never do it. I've, I've always wanted to open a concert with Gematria. I've always That'd wanted be to. Sick. Because I love, listen, I, there are certain, there are certain odiums around the way that that song was created and recorded, which is why some of the guys in the band are like, fuck that, Get we'll it. never play yeah. it. It's a it no sort it's not of. even sentimental <laughs> it's it's resentment yes and uh, but for me man it's such a fucking burner that I just love that song I can listen to that shit all fucking day Absolutely. you know and it just comes screaming out out of no fucking where and you're just like yeah but it will never happen you know and unless the Pope ends up fucking opening for Slipknot mm-hmm. someday. That shit will never happen. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you know, there are a handful of tunes that I would fucking love. But then again, the fans are fickle too, because 
every other fucking fan page was just like, you fuckers never play metabolic. You can't and then we bring it out yeah. and you could have heard a fucking pin drop. Nobody give a shit about metabolic. Mm-hmm. It's like, y'all bullshit. Fuck all you motherfuckers. So that's what, that's when Wild. we started kind of putting the shit together the way we did. Well, exactly. my, my two tracks that I still would love to see live that I haven't seen live yet for whatever it's worth is new abortion and, oh, yeah. and uh, no life. We did, we did new abortion. We brought that back yeah, for a, couple a little years bit. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't and, think I've ever uh, seen you do No Life. Again, it was one of those things where it was just people were, like a handful yeah. full of people were stoked, but everybody else was, because we got so many young fans, dude. Yeah. People are like, what is this? Is this the cover? Did they put the <laughs> Not really sure. When are they going to play uh, Unsainted? It's you do that not very unsainted. well. This is not Unsainted. You know? um, <laughs> no Life, we haven't played since i think we dusted it off we played it on the volume three run okay a handful yeah. of times but it's been a minute that song's a bitch because it's some so, of that the rapid so fire fast, i tell you what i mean and it's it's not as fast as the uh the rap in only one yeah but holy fuck it's fast like it's like i need a 26 year old mouth to do that shit like and it's and I'm pushing 50, so I'm not really sure if you I bring can... bring up Only One. Only One and Tattered and Torn. Was it weird re-recording those? No, because I rewrote the lyrics. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and once I was giving given permission to do so, mm-hmm. I mean, we were off to the fucking races. I mean, people don't realize that, you know, Sick was only was the song Slipknot. Slipknot. Just sped up. And it was sped up, and I rewrote the lyrics, you know? So it was just, it was that... Once you get that freedom to take it out of the past and push it into the future, it's just like fuck yeah, let's go. And let's now sick is part of every set. Exactly. So there you go. Really, exactly. Cool. Do you have any other questions before we wrap it up? No. All right. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for coming on the All Things Music Podcast. Thank you, Alicia, for coming on and help setting this up. And uh, appreciate you guys taking some time for us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank no you. Problem.